You have tuned in to Authors Up here on ALH Broadcasting, an affiliate of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network. Your hosts are authors Ruth Griffin, Andrea L. Hines, and yours truly, Victoria Henderson Poole. We love what we do, and we know it is every author's desire to get their work to a greater audience. Authors Up is a forum for authors by authors those who are already published, and those who want to be, along with other writers and playwrights. Here, we provide an opportunity for their work to be showcased as we share our own, gain tips and tools, information and insight to not only enhance the writing process, but be able to just enjoy the journey. Those who are willing to put pen to paper will usually have a story they are willing to tell and they are invited to tell it right here. And if you are not a writer yet, no worries. We want you to be a part of our listening audience. So take notes if you like, send in your questions, or just feel free to comment on the candid conversation because it's time for Authors Up. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Authors Up. One of the most favorite things we have to do all week long, and that is come together (laughs) and share with you on this forum for authors by authors, and we are just really, really glad to have you with us tonight. And I just uh, I thank God that we are, uh, I think, probably out of the cold and the storms and all that we've been going through over mm-hmm. these last mm-hmm. few days. So, so it's just good. It's just good yes. to come together tonight. So I yeah. tell you, welcome. And let's see, Victoria, would you like to say a word of welcome to our listeners tonight? Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us one more time. We appreciate you. Let's sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Amen. And Ruth, how about you? Well, I just want to say welcome as well, and thank you for everybody joining us. We are excited to be here always, and we're looking forward to a great show. Yeah. Well, Ruth, while while we got you in place right there, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you over the last few days? We always like to start our program with a weekend review. So why don't you tell us what's been going on in Ruth's world? Well, Ruth has been huddled at home trying to stay warm. So, yeah, that's what Ruth has been doing. I'm, I'm naturally cold-blooded, so... I, I don't yeah. do a whole lot of outside activities. I'm, I'm a homebody, but just these cold. You know what? And I know that it's February still, so I'm not complaining. I know it's going to be cold, but it's just been one of those weeks where you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to go outside. I'm good. So that's what I've been doing. Now, I also have family in Texas, so I've kind of been keeping up with what's yeah. been going on down, down there. Um, mm-hmm. They're doing fine. 
So my sister lives in San Antonio. They lost power for like a couple of days, but she said that they were fine. They had the fireplace going. They were grilling food. They were just having fun. This was the first time my uh, niece and my nephew, she's got, I think, six kids. I lost track. Um, but, yeah, her youngest, this was the first time that they experienced snow, so it was it was fun for them. Um, my dad lives up further up north in Colleen, and he didn't lose power. So he's been good. Come he's been home. chilling at home. Great. Just doing, eating pretty much. Oh, every time I talk to him, he's always eating something. So, yeah, everybody's been doing well, you know, and we, we, we just pray for everybody else, you know, hopefully they can get power back and everybody's lives can go back to some normalcy, but yeah. that's, That's been the week. All right, all right. What about you, Victoria? What's what's been going on with you? It has not been. Um, I mean, there's nothing, nothing bad going on, which is great. It's just been busy. It's just been busy back mm-hmm. to work, and um, it's nothing out of the normal going on. It's just been calm, and it's just been wonderful. To say that, <laughs> that it's just been oh, that is good. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going another way, but that's good. That's good. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, you have to have something going on, but it's nothing going on. <laughs> so that's a good thing. So um, just, like I said, just working. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, I've I, been falling asleep really, you know, easily and, and early. I guess I need the rest, but um, I have not been mm-hmm. um, doing my writing like I want to, so I might have to carve some time out to do that. I've just been so tired at the end of the day. That's why I said it's been mm-hmm. calm because I've just been literally working and sleeping. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sometimes but I hope to. Yeah, yeah, I guess I needed to sleep. So that's, that's about it. I have nothing new to report. I tell you, man, I'll do better next week. I have something, something to report. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had I had a good week. I I set out to um one day I actually just timed out everything that I did to just take a look at where I was spending my time. Um mm-hmm. and it was probably one of the most productive days I've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Because I was very (laughs) conscious of what I was doing and conscious of not getting distracted and conscious of, you know, staying on track and being a finisher and found myself talking to myself going, no, 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 you're not going to start that until you finish this. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't all over everywhere and uh, managed to get some things done. And I am happy to report that I have gone through all of the sections uh, in the book and um, putting them in order. So I am diligently staying in that vein, and, and I'm, I'm happy about what I'm accomplishing. So I'm good, too. I had, a, I had a good week also. And just, I tell you, I was talking to just many different people during the week, and the story of the cold temperatures and Single mm-hmm. digits is one thing, but when you get into the negative, you know, I talked to a friend and they were like minus 16 degrees. Oh, my I God. I can't 
even with the wind chill factor. Can you imagine? I just that is just mind blowing to me uh, that that it would get that cold anywhere, <laughs> but but it did, and I was just glad to be where I was in North Carolina and not having to face all of that. So to God be all the glory, and it was a great yeah. great week uh, for me as well. And um, I'm I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about tonight. We have a right. guest with us. Um, who's actually with us every week. Yes. <laughs> and our guest for tonight is Ruth E. Griffin. Ruth Griffin is Thank you, thank you. I tell you what, Ruth, we're going, we're going to treat you like we do all of our other guests who, who come yes. up. Thank you. Up. Uh, so, so we want to just begin by giving you a little round of applause and saying thank you. Yes, set up some hearts. Thank you. Wonderful. The two snaps. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so we want to start off by we have some very faithful uh, listeners who who come on authors up all the time, but we also have new listeners who may never uh, have had the opportunity to hear about your background, Ruth. So we're mm-hmm. going to tell people a little bit about you. Ruth E. Griffin awesome. began telling stories at a young age, first with pictures, then with words. Even though she always considered herself an artist first, Ruth has been writing since grade school. She penned her first book as a teenager and has continued writing since then. Ruth is now the award-winning author of several books which center on women's experiences. She is the founder of Studio Griffin LLC, a full-service vanity press that offers publishing, graphic design, and writing services, as well as a co-host of Authors Up, a streaming radio show that provides a platform for new, established, and and aspiring authors. A New Jersey native, Ruth now resides in North Carolina with her husband. They are parents to four adult children. Her books are available at all major online bookstores. And you got to get them, authors, I'm going to say it. I mean, listeners, I'm going to say it real early. Get her books. Get her books. Get her books. They are life-changing. They, they really you. are. And I just, I enjoy, I, I, I enjoy all of your books, Ruth. I really do. Thank you. And uh, I have been so blessed to be able to read them before they, um, got into print and on the bookshelves, and, and that's something mm-hmm. I want to ask you about a little bit later as, as we go along. But but I you you are a brilliant author. I think you are Thank a brilliant you. author. And, and, Thank and, you. Um, which, yeah. which, which number book is uh, Stay With Me? Because that's the book that we're going to talk about tonight. Is, was that your so, second, your third? Um, that was actually my Fourth book, so fourth out of eight. Fourth yes. out of eight. Wow. Yes. Wow. Now tell mm-hmm. tell us uh, what inspired you to write "Stay with Me." Okay, so "Stay with Me" is uh, let's see, 
Stay With Me is a romance. So, um, you know, primarily I, I, I like to stay in that genre. I am a romantic at heart, and but I don't do fluff. So, you know, I, I'm a reader of romantic books, and it just I, I don't like what I read out there, so I write my own, and I like to focus on real-life issues. So um, when I started writing Stay With Me, I knew that I wanted to focus on the main character, Alma, who has mental health issues. Um, but, you know, and it would focus on how the other guy, how the, um, excuse me, how the other protagonist, uh, Noah, would respond to her. So, um, honestly, it came from an idea that um, most people who suffer with mental health issues, uh, mental illness, I should say, are, um, what is the word, they they tend to act out of impulse. But here she's Mm -hmm. created this careful careful world and it's for a purpose but suddenly bringing him into it changes all that and it changes all that for both of them and you just kind of have to follow through to find out what happens but it's um i knew that i wanted it to be around mental health but i also knew that i wanted it to be a romance Mhm. Mhm. Now, did you did you you talk to us a lot and give us a lot of tips and tools, which we really, really, mm-hmm. really appreciate. Um, but what what was your writing journey like in this particular book and the issue that you were dealing with, as opposed to some of the other books that you've written, like the three you've written before this. And was it the same journey? Did you do the same kinds of things that you did in writing this book that you usually do when you write? Well, um, yes and no. So um, this was my fourth book. So at this point I um, I had established how I write. So, you know, with the first one I was just pulling stuff out of my journal Mm -hmm. that I had put down and I thought, oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds like it could go in the book. You know, by the second one, I was already starting to plot a little bit. By the third and fourth one, I was understanding, okay, no, I need an outline. No, I need to understand the characters. Um, I need to look at character profiles and all of that. So by the time I came along to stay with me, um, I had already established, okay, this is my writing process, you know. As I've talked about before, you know, we start with an outline. So you have a roadmap. Uh, once you have that roadmap, write out the treatment. You know, think about scenes. Think about, you know, the pivotal parts in the book that's going to drive the story along. So I was able to c- complete all that, and that helped me write, you know, complete the book itself. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you? I think this one probably took me about four or five months, um, and that was start to finish, uh, not the final edit, but um, again, because I was still in the process of perfecting the process itself, um, it took me a little bit longer. I know like um, some of my other ones, uh, Stepmothers Anonymous took me four months, but you know, that was just the first draft. So, and that one was about 177,000 words. This one was 66,000, um, but again, it just, 
you know, th- this is practice. So, you know, I, I've been writing now for about 15 years, so I'm able mm-hmm. to get the words down, you know, get this whole process down for me. So I want to encourage anyone who's listening that, you know, if you keep doing this, and, and this is great because it ties into my tip for tonight, um, you know, the more you keep practicing, the more you keep doing it, the more you're going to start cutting off time. You're going to know what the process is. You're going to be doing it automatically. So, you know, when I wrote Stay With Me, I had already shaved off months off the process from when I wrote, you know, Stepmothers Anonymous. And when I wrote um, The Book of Joy two books later, I was able to get the first draft completed in a month. So, yeah, it, it, wow. it's just about practice. Yeah. Wow. I wanted to ask you, too, when you're saying four or five months, is that like writing every single day? And, and right. how did you, did you set up a time like some people would say, okay, I'm going to write today, I'm going to write from 12 to 3, or tomorrow I'm going to write from this time to this time? Or was it just that, you know, I'm – going to sit here, I'm going to let it flow, and, and when I feel like I've come to the end of that, however long that takes me, then I'll, you know, break and move on to tomorrow or whatever. What what of the four or five months, what did that look like? Well, for me, I mean, at the time, I had kids in grade school and middle school. Um, I don't remember if I had any in high school. But so, you know, it, I, I was working full time. I was, you know, driving back and forth. So it, it was, it, it was not necessarily that um, I could sit down and wait for inspiration to hit. It was more one of those things that, okay, I come home, we eat dinner, the kids go to do homework, and then I sit down to write. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't counting words back then. Um, but I was able to sit down and go, okay, well, I'm going to write this scene. I'm going to write this chapter. I'm going to write, you know, this that's still fresh in my mind. So if I was thinking about a certain scene, and that's the key to, I think, because, you know, I would be on my lunch break. I would be on breaks during the day, and I would say, okay, I'm thinking about that scene. I'm thinking about, you know, what I want to write later on that evening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I would take it until – I'm not a big fan of, you know, writing when I'm inspired because most people may miss that. You may sit there and go, well, I'll write when inspiration hits. But the key is, you know, if you start writing, that's when inspiration hits. You know, you you may think of something, Mm -hmm. but, you know, until you actually sit down and write it, you may not know what direction it's going in. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it was, you know, I, I think I wrote pretty much just about every day. You know, I may have taken some days off, you know, maybe on a Sunday. You know, you come home from church, you get your nap, and you don't want to do anything after that. But for the mm-hmm. most part, you, you know, it, it's something you practice every day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was mm-hmm. able to continue writing every day. Good. It's a it's a great story. Great story. And I, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you will read a little bit from the book tonight. But before you yes. do that, um Victoria, you you got any uh questions for for our guests? Sure. <laughs> I love you know, I love the book. Y'all, y'all, look, we are biased tonight and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. 
because I love me some Ruth, and I love Thank her you. Books. Thank you. Yeah, Ruth's books um, are very, they, they just take you in. You know, you start reading a, a few bits, and okay, I'm going to read just a few pages tonight, and then by the time you finish, you're going to read 20 more pages because the story is so interesting, and it just sucks you in. I have several of her books, I'm telling you. Oh, you will enjoy this book. But um, and we wanted to ask you a little bit tonight of, um, about your beta readers. Has the opinion of your beta readers ever caused you to rewrite or rethink your projects, and, you know, and caused you to change your character or adjust the direction of your story? Oh, absolutely. Um, really? Well, I mean, and not in a bad way. Well, in, okay. let me rephrase that. So the first instance was not in a bad way. So I had okay. one, um, one particular beta reader who gave me advice, and she was saying, well, you know, if you, you know I, I skipped over these parts because you were being redundant and it was boring. I'm like, oh, I can't have Uh-oh. that. So, you know, it, it wasn't this particular <laughs> book. But, you know, I, I had to go back and read it and go, okay, well, I don't want to lose my reader, so how can I rewrite that so that I'm right. getting my point across without losing the reader? But okay. with this particular book, I was ready to scrap it if my beta reader came back and said, hmm, I don't know, because I, um, I wasn't sure about the story. Um, I'll be honest, because okay. the whole process, even though it only took me a few months to write it and get it to the point where I was ready to send it to my editor, she was having a rough time at the time. And she was like, well, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I was like, oh, my God, now i got to find another editor. And it felt like everything was going wrong. So that gave me enough time to rethink of the story. And, again, right. you don't, you know, you, you, look, you don't think mental illness and think, romance so it was like is this even worth telling and honestly Andrea you you were my beta reader and if you had come (laughs) back with anything less than what you had said I would have scrapped the whole project so it was just one of those things where I was starting to doubt myself and it was just you know sometimes and that is why you need beta readers, honestly. That, that is why you need another set of eyes on that because a lot of people will often go, well, you know, this, I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote this, and they'll put it away when if you just get somebody else to look at it and be honest with you, you wow. might just have and gold on your hands. So. And that's what I wanted to, to ask you, uh, uh, Ruth. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Victoria. But you're fine. Oh, you're fine. You you're fine. We're just having a conversation. It's good. <laughs> to explain about a beta reader, because there are mm-hmm. some, some people on the line who, who are not authors or writers or whatever who may not really understand what the beta reader does or, you know, mm-hmm. why they're important mm-hmm. to the process. So tell us, tell us what's a beta reader. Well, a beta reader is someone who will read the project before it's published. So mm-hmm. they will read it, look, go through it, let you know if the content is good. Um, they don't necessarily proofread. If they do pick up stuff, that's okay. You know, if there's a grammar issue or spelling or anything like that. But their job mm-hmm. mainly is to go through the book and say, okay, does it make sense? You know, 
Does it mm-hmm. flow? Does, you know, do you have a good story? So that, that is why you want people, you know, you want to share your book with other people. You want to share your book with potential, you know, someone who represents your potential reader. So a beta reader is that person. They represent who your audience is. So, but they're also an honest enough to tell you, okay, this part may not work the way my first beta reader did with the other book. And in this mm-hmm. case, uh, Andrea, you came back and you said, I love the book. And that was enough to let me know, okay, I need to publish it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good. Okay. Good, good, mm-hmm. good. All right. Well, how would you um, describe your sto- the story? And, and, and how important was it to do a mental health story? Without it giving was, away all of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was it was very important to me because at, at the time, um, and I don't know that I've shared this um, with our listeners, but I, I was mm-hmm. diagnosed um, probably about 15, 16 years ago with bipolar 2 depression. And mm-hmm. it, it has been a roller coaster journey for me um, just in, you know, accepting that, I had bipolar depression and then dealing with it because for the longest time I did nothing about it. I was just like, okay, this is a death sentence. I'm just going to take my pills and wait to die. But, you know, once I started actively um, engaging in my own treatment, I just I, mm-hmm. I felt the need to be able to share what I was going through. So I kind of put myself into the story and uh, this is, you know, not autobiographical by any means, but when you read right. about uh, the main character, Alma, you know, what she experiences, what she, you know, feels, that is everything that I have felt, you know, dealing with this right. um, disease. So, you know, it, it was important to me. Part of it just to get it out of me and share it with other people so that they would understand, right. but you know, it, it was important for people to know, okay, you know what, this is an actual disease. You know, this is yeah. something that people go through. You may not see it. You may not understand why people do what they do, but there's a reason behind it. And that's why I, I also felt the need to make it a romance because, you know, mm-hmm. again, I'm not giving anything away, but Noah counters that, her disease, with love. And that's, you know, especially true in the end. So, again, I'm not going to give it away. Everybody needs to read the book. But, you know, it's, um, you know, I had to center it around love, again, because I'm a romantic at heart, but it's just, that's what I feel that I know that, you know, love is the counter to this. So. Right, right. And, you know, I I really appreciate your transparency. And this book really, um, it touched me, too, because I suffer with anxiety and depression myself and, mm-hmm. and take medication for it. And it is, yeah. and, it, and it really helped me because, you know, we got we to gotta start talking about it. You know, um, we yeah. can't help anybody unless we, we tell our stories and, and be transparent as well. And it just really touched me that um, you wrote this story like this. And I'm on page 173 of the book, and the, sis, the I, I am a sister was sitting there with Noah, the, 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 the boyfriend, and he wanted to see her. And she says this, um, no, she said firmly, she's sick. 
She's mentally unstable. She's bipolar. Is that what you want to see? Is that why you're still here? Don't you get it? You're just another boy she played with. You know, you made it out without injury. Be grateful and go home. Forget her. She doesn't need you here complicating things. And then for her to, you know, just blurt it out like that to the boyfriend and she just made it seem like, you know, you don't want to have anything to do with her. Throw her away because she has a mental illness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and society does that. And, you know, I I, I know that's what you wanted to show in the book, that the way people with mental illness are treated, you know. It's just not not nice, is it? No. Did you feel that way? Did you feel that way? Did (laughs) Did anybody treat you that way? It, well, not that openly, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, when I created these characters, I, I wanted to create the counterbalance. So, you know, you had Noah expressing one thing, and then you had the sister who, you know, has dealt with this all her life, and now she's just frustrated. She is just tired of dealing with this, and that's yeah. what she blurts out, you know. So wow. I, I, I've had, you know, my experience has been more that, you know, this is something shameful, you know, that this is something, Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially as a Christian, you know, you shouldn't be dealing with that. You should pray and, you know, God will take it away. You're right. You know, no. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. So it it doesn't always work that way. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there is, you know, you don't tell someone with cancer that they need to be ashamed of the way they're, you know, of what they are dealing with. You don't tell somebody with diabetes that. So there's no reason that, you know, me with bipolar depression should be ashamed of what I'm dealing with. No, you know, like you said, we need to talk about this. We need to be more open about it so that, you know, no one should feel shame about it. No one should be trying to hide it, you know, and no one should, you know, and and again, you know, I I had one reader tell me that how much she hated the sister. (laughs) I don't know what Mm. she was dealing with, but, you know, I Mm -hmm. I understood that Mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I strive to create characters who you can relate to or you can mm-hmm. understand. And in my mind, you know, she was, she was the, the anti-hero. She was the, the person who, you know, you see a change in the end, but, you know, she, she's the counter to, like I said, Noah who shows love. So, you know, yes. but she's also very real. You know, the fact right. that a lot of people, if you're not going through it, you're not going to understand what that other person right. is dealing with. Right. So. She was the caretaker. You know, she's the one yeah. that always gets the calls to pick up the pieces, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know. And so you show, yeah. you show reality in this book, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that um, our listeners will, um, you know, identify with, with, with the characters. Um, would yeah. you read something from the book? Do you have anything picked out? I sure do. All right, um, let's go. <laughs> let me set it up. Okay, so okay. I, again, you know, this is a romance, so I start off the book with um, Alma walking into the bookstore where Noel walks in, and she doesn't say things. She just walks up to him and kisses him, and then she leaves, and she just <laughs> leaves him standing there. So um, I pick up right after that. <laughs> Okay, See what I'm saying? I, I, let me just put it through this. That's what I'm saying about your book. How are you going to put a kiss in there like that? And then I thought, wait a minute. Now you want to find what happens. Okay? All right. All right. Exactly. Exactly. You got to know how to hook the audience. All right. Here's the, here's the excerpt. Well, I think okay. that was romantic, Cass replied, her, t- her tone dreamy and lost. 
Why then leave without giving me a name or something? What was that all about? Noah asked. Aw, Noah's feelings are hurt, Jada mocked, bored with the direction of the conversation. She wasn't always mean-spirited, but she did prefer to be the center of attention. Don't listen to her, Cass said, winding her arm in his. Like the mystery woman, she had also had a healthy amount of weight on her and stood just inches shorter than him. But they were two different people. Cass was, well, Cass and the mystery woman. There was something about her that had his brain scrambled. Jade is just jealous, Cass continued. You have a beautiful woman stalking you while she has to put out for little attention. Jada stopped walking and placed her hands on her hip, her mouth open with indignation. But when neither Noah or Cass gave her the attention she wanted, she dropped her arms and ran up beside them. Whatever, Jada muttered. At least I know a guy's name when I kiss him. Noah could offer no objection to that argument. Maybe she's playing hard to get, Cass reasoned. It would have been nice if she could have left me a clue or something, Noah said. As they arrived at the books he dropped earlier, he cringed when he saw them. Several covers were creased, books were folded... Pages were folded and torn, and a couple of spines were bent out of shape. With a sigh, Noah hunched over and started piling up the books, straightening them up as he went along. One by one, the stack grew until there was nothing on the floor except a piece of paper. He retrieved it and looked it over. It was an old receipt with random things scribbled all over it. It wasn't his, nor was it in the aisle before. The woman must have dropped it. Seems she did, Cass said. And that's it. All right, all right. Get the, get, the book, book. get the book. Get the book. Sorry, telling you, I got my copy, and I, I think I'm gonna have to read it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. It is just a beautiful Ruth. I thank you so much for um, just sharing um, your heart with us tonight, and just for being transparent. Absolutely. And again, we have to have the conversations. And I, I must say, you know, most people don't know that I suffer, you know, with the anxiety and depression because. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at me and think, oh, you got it all together. And I, and I work very mm-hmm. hard at that because, you know, I, I must admit there is some shame with it. I don't want anybody yeah. to know, you know, about it. So I, I just thank you. I just thank you for making it comfortable. And, and, and for us having, you know, talking about it on the show, you know, just it's just beautiful. Really it is. I'm telling you, listeners, you got to get the book for real. But all right, well, we're going to switch from guest mode. Back to co-host mode. So you're now co-host again. And that right. means that you have not gotten out of doing our tips for tonight. So any, you have any tips for tonight, Ruth? Absolutely. You know Absolutely. All right. So like I touched on later, you know, all creatives, you know, musicians, artists, and dancers practice their skill. Well, writers should as well. And they can do that by incorporating writing exercises into their everyday routine. This will help them sharpen their ability and tell a better story. Um, some of the things that you can do, uh, you can take a blank sheet of paper, paper and start free writing. Just write whatever comes to mind and don't stop to edit or think about what you're writing. Just let your brain lead as your hands write. Uh, the second thing you can do is to take a scene from a favorite movie or book and change the point of view or timeline. I've done this one a couple of times. It's really interesting what you come up with. So you end up retelling the story by either taking it from the cast, the viewpoint of a secondary character or by changing the times. Um, I, mm-hmm. I did this one story where, you know, the time went 
from modern, yeah, cowboy times to modern day times, and it was incredible how much the story actually changed. But you get practice by doing that. So it's a great exercise to employ. Um, you can also use writing prompts. It's a short sentence or passage, and it springs board, it springboards you into creating a new story. Uh, you can write flash, flash fiction. It's a short story using 75 to 2,000 words. So there's, hmm. when I was researching this, it was, um, they gave you a range of it. But see if you can write a story using 75 words. You know, you get a little more inspired, you know, go up to 2,000. See what you can do. You know, use the same elements as you would a normal story, you know, giving it a beginning, middle, and end. And just develop your characters mm -hmm. and see where you go from there. Or you can make someone else's story your own. Use a story that someone else has told you or that you read and write it as it, if it happened to you. So, you know, th there are a lot of um, exercises that you can employ to help your writing get better. And if you have a few minutes, if you're not writing a book or a blog, these are some of the things that you can do to better your writing. All right. Awesome. All right. I like mm -hmm. it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Ruth, do you have any any closing remarks for us tonight? It's not as if we haven't made you talk all evening, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, that is fine. No, well, as your guest, I thank you for having me on the show and allowing <laughs> me to. Uh, share my story as well as my book. So um, I'm always happy to do that. I don't mind being transparent now because I see the importance of it. But as the co-host, I want to thank everyone for listening and we just enjoy doing this and I hope that you can tell. But, you know, if you, that's it. Just thank you. All right. And uh, Ruth, I'm uh, I think we forgot. Do, do, do you tell our listeners, please tell our listeners, where we can find you on social media and where we can find your books? Oh, absolutely. So uh, on social media, you can find me on um, Facebook at Author Ruth Griffin. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at Ruth Elena Griffin. That's R-U-T-H-E-L-E-N-A-G-R-I-F-F-I-N because Ruth Griffin was already taken. Um, and then you can visit my website, ruthegriffin.com. Um, I'm also working on my business website, but you can take a gander if you want. That's studiogriffin.net. Um, and books are available, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books, um, paperback and e-books. So. All right. And, and my closing marks are just um, thank you again, Ruth, for sharing your story. Mm -hmm. And, and we thank you listeners for being with us. If you have any questions, concerns, and, and just want to join the conversation, please send us an email at authorsup at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and we are just excited every week when you come back and join us. We encourage you to share the program with friends and with other people that you know who may be writers or may be aspiring to become writers. We are grateful to each and every one of you who joins us on Sunday evening. We hope that we share things that will not just be about writing but life lessons as well. So we will be here next 
week. We will be here next week. Hopefully we will have a weekend review that will absolutely positively knock your socks off. <laughs> and if not, we'll be back I hope so too. like we usually do. We, we, we just want it to be warmer. How's that? Start with that. Yeah, that, that is definitely on the agenda. Well, we will be here next Sunday at 7 p.m. Until then, this is Andrea Hines with Victoria Henderson Poole and Ruth Griffin. And there's never a dull moment here at Authors Up. Up.